Hello guys and welcome back. So we're reading through the book and now for real Jeff Berwick and Charlie Robinson uh, the controlled demolition of the American Empire and we are at the point that says pushing down the plunger just literally starting now the invisible enemy here a little drum roll because I haven't done that for you All right, so once the building with the rotten foundation has been pre-weakened, the support columns have been identified and rigged with explosives and the co conspirators have safely fled the crime scene. There is only one thing left to do, wait for the right time to push down the plunger and take this building down. It is important to consider that in an ideal situation, the controlled demolition of the American empire should be made to look like an organic event so that the perpetrators are able to escape blame for what they have done. They plan to ride in on their white horse and play the role of savior while everything is coming down, so they will need to pay close attention to not leave their fingerprints on the plunger. After all, the entire world is watching. In March of 2020, the plunger was pushed down and the controlled demolition began for the American empire. An invisible enemy that masqueraded as the organic event was needed to take the blame for the transformation of society that the controllers had been laying <laughs> the groundwork for over the past few decades. Yeah, try centuries. The introduction of the coronavirus or COVID-19 was enough to submarine the economy of the United States while simultaneously altering the societal makeup of the country forever. The only thing that spreads faster than a live and deadly virus is the fear of the virus. Yeah, energy is a lot quicker than anything chemical, so yeah. In simple terms, the idea of the virus is actually just as disastrous as the virus itself because perception becomes reality once the mainstream corporate media gets involved in shaping the narrative. Fear sells in America. Don't kid yourself. I mean, fear sells everywhere. Don't kid yourselves. <laughs> It's one of the common things everybody fears, feels fear. Well, maybe those who don't have empathy, the psychos, but they are a different species. So. On the nightly news, the press subscribers to the Ram Emanuel philosophy of never letting a good crisis go to waste. So when a massive pandemic hits and shakes the fabric of society, one should never expect the media to do anything other than throw gasoline on the campfire until it turns into a raging inferno. They do not care about maintaining calm and order. They only care about pushing the narrative they are instructed to promote by their bosses and those running the Council on Foreign Relations and the United Nations. That's right, if you want a paycheck, you gotta sell your soul, according to them. People foolishly believe that it could not happen in civilized American society, 
probably because of normalcy bias, but it has, and the public was totally unprepared for what ended up coming their way. Fanned by a complicit media and government working in concert to stoke fears, the people were the target of a terror campaign that was designed to convince them to hand over their rights in the name of protecting themselves from a virus that has an effective kill rate of a serious seasonal flu. Not really. There is no virus, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we know this for a fact, right? Now we do. Death statistics were manipulated by classifying anything remotely resembling COVID-19, like the flu or a respiratory illness such as pneumonia, has the virus. Remarkably, deaths linked to cancer, heart attack, and medical errors magically but stopped happening during the spring of 2020. Exactly. I mean, I've been saying this shit from January, guys, when all this crap started coming out. When they were going on with the measles crap, I was laughing my ass off. You cannot catch anything unless you're sick already. So get it straight. The secret is keep yourself happy and healthy. Fear doesn't allow that. Everything was reclassified as a death resulting from the coronavirus, and the federal government made it financially worth the hospitals while in the process in order to get those death statistics up to a level that would cause genuine panic over a virus with a dubious fatality rate. Quote-unquote, right now Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you'll get paid 13000 US dollars. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get 39000 US dollars, three times as much. Nobody can tell me after 35 years in the world of medicine that sometimes those kinds of things have impact on what we do. Dr. Scott Jensen. Minnesota family physician and Republican state senator. <laughs> well, <laughs> when people are fearful, they make poor decisions. And frankly, if there is one thing that the average American excels at, it is making poor decisions when it matters most. You know what? <laughs> just say everybody is that way. Stop saying just Americans. They have been heavily brainwashed, and that's the bottom line. To be fair, it is not all the fault of the decision-making challenged American public. The mainstream corporate media, one of the most dangerous components of American society, has a system in place to spread lies far and wide that was started under Operation Mockingbird when the CIA fully captured all of the news desks in America. The nightly news has been the mouthpiece mouthpiece of the Central Intelligence Agency and for the past six decades, and they have their lies down to a fine science. However, it is worth reiterating that this Myth-Month Modernization Act of 2012 legalized propaganda within the United States on Americans. How much of the information the media and government are pumping out about the coronavirus situation is real and how much is propaganda? 
It is important to remember that the government would not have gone through the exercise of changing the original Smith-Munt Act in order to legalize lying unless they intended on doing some lying. So it is reasonable to expect that a percentage of the information being disseminated through the corporate media is propaganda. So let me get it straight. They censor us on YouTube uh, for spreading lies, but there is a law saying they can't do that. Interesting. Unfortunately, for we the people, the government and the media do not have to identify what stories on the nightly news broadcasts are fake, so it all becomes a part of the information sausage that is created by stuffing both lies and truths into one disgusting sleeve, twisting it off at the ends, then serving it to the starving public for them to swallow without a thought about the authenticity. When people are hungry for information, they will gladly eat whatever the government and the media give them. The curtain has gone up, the show has begun. How it will all end is a mystery for most people, but for those who understand how to follow the breadcrumbs, the plan of where the controllers intend to take society is known. All one needs to know is where to look because they always give these events a dress rehearsal first. Dark winter, crimson contagion, lockstep, and event 201. As journalist Whitney Webb described in her article, All Roads Lead to Dark Winter, simul simulations during the summer of 2001, okay, think about this, guys, 19 years ago, of a smallpox attack on the United States thought to be the result of Saddam Hussein created chaos due to an unprepared medical industry. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh a little. Later in the fictional simulations, mainstream media companies were sent anonymous letters containing the same strain of smallpox and were also threatened with more attacks on the United States if they refused to remove their troops from the Middle East. These simulated threats included anthrax attacks against journalists in America. When the real anthrax attacks in the United States actually happened a few months later, the blame for that was conveniently placed on Iraq because it fit with the narrative that Iraq was planning on using weapons of mass destruction. They had been trying to devise an excuse to invade Iraq for many months, so they used them in dark winter as the boogeyman behind the simulated events. Journalist Judith Miller, who participated in the dark winter simulation, has one of those threatened journalists who received a fictional anthrax letter coincidentally received one of those anthrax-filled letters that were being sent to the media in real life. Her letter was filled with a white powder that turned out to be harmless, unlike all of the other letters that were filled with actual anthrax and led to the death of several people. It was later discovered that the strain of anthrax used in the actual attacks was the same as the one produced by the United States Army's USAM 
I'm sorry, I can't read this. Yuzamrid Lab at uh, Fort Detrick. I mean, it's U-S-A-M-R-I-I-D, okay? Lab at Fort Detrick. Meaning that it did not come from Iraq, making it a coincidence that is impossible to overlook and yet another in a long list of false flag attacks. And, I mean, it's just insane. It's probably the USA, Maryland, or whatever. Like, that's, I suck at acronyms, so you'll have to figure that one out yourself because I don't care enough. To me, all that matters is that these bastards have been doing this over and over, and I'm sick and tired of it, and it's time to change. And without knowing all the particulars and stuff, if you're observant, you can see all of this through the years anyway. If you're old enough now, like in your 40s, you probably have had enough life experience to just see, <laughs> you know? I certainly have. However, moving forward, however, the coincidences do not end there. In fact, the similarities between Dark Winter and the October 2019 simulation called Event 201 are many and disturbing. The idea for Dark Winter in 2001 was designed and scripted by Tara O'Toole and Thomas Inglesby of the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, as was the event to a one scenario in 2019 that was run by Inglesby and the Johns Hopkins Center once again. This is the same organization that was involved in the intentional infection of Guatemalan orphans with uh, syphilis from 1945 to 1956. Both John Hopkins University and the Rockefeller Foundation were sued for one billion by the victims for their role in this non-consensual experiment. What Event 201 simulated in October 2019 was a coronavirus outbreak that spread from bats to pigs to people, starting in a tightly packed megacity and spreading through airplane travel all over the world, leading to a severe pandemic where a vaccine would have to be created in order to gain control over the situation. <laughs> Please. The Event 201 Scenario website. Event 201 simulates an outbreak of a novel zoonotic coronavirus transmitted from bats to pigs to people that eventually becomes efficiently transmissible from person to person, leading to a severe pandemic. The pathogen and the disease it causes are modeled largely on SARS, but it is more transmissible in the community setting by people with mild symptoms. <laughs> of course. The disease starts in pig starts in pig farms in Brazil quietly and slowly at first, but then it starts to spread more rapidly in healthcare settings. Of course in Brazil, right? It's like it's, it's so funny. When it starts to spread efficiently from person to person in the low income, of course, densely packed neighborhoods of some of the mega cities in South America, of course, it's always them. The epidemic explodes. It is first exported by air travel to Portugal, the United States, and China, and then to many other countries. Funny how Italy was the first one, though, to be reported to be hit so much, right? 
Although at first some countries are able to control it, it continues to spread and be reintroduced and eventually no country can maintain control. There is no possibility of a vaccine being available in the first year. There is a fictional antiviral drug that can help the sick but not significantly limit spread of the disease. Sorry, but not significantly limit spread of the disease. Ugh, I really butchered that one. <laughs> Since the whole human population is susceptible, during the initial months of the pandemic, the cumulative number of cases increases exponentially, doubling every week, and as the cases and deaths accumulate, the economic and society consequences become increasingly severe. Except the deaths never accumulated, so I'm sorry. Their scenario didn't quite work out. The scenario ends at the 18-month point with 65 million deaths. <laughs> the pandemic is beginning to slow due to the decreasing number of susceptible people. The pandemic will continue at some rate until there is an effective vaccine or until 80-90% of the global population has been exposed. <laughs> From that point on, it is likely to be an endemic childhood disease. Wow, it is almost as if they knew exactly what was going to happen before it happened. Even down to the part where they discussed the problem that disinformation spreading through social media about possible cures would surely become a danger and would have to be stopped. Information about this event can be found on their website, centerforhealthsecurity.org, if you're interested. So, who was involved? in the event of one scenario. Just the globalist tied Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, and the World Economic Forum, as well as the CDC, the Chinese CDC, the CIA, Big Pharma, and the big banks. Both the Dark Winter and Event 201 simulations discussed the removal of civil liberties and the possibility of the president enacting the Insurrection Act, which would allow the military to act as law enforcement, as well as martial rule, which restricts travel, bans public gatherings, establishes quarantine areas, and the suspension of due process. Attorney General William Barr is on the record requesting additional emergency powers be granted to him to detain people for an infinite period of time without the right to a trial. A few months before event 201, there was Crimson Contagion, a simulation administered by the Department of Health and Human Services from January to August 2019 that tested the capacity of the U.S. federal government and 12 U.S. states to respond to a severe influenza pandemic originated in China. The event featured the participation of a dozen states, 87 hospitals, 24 Indian reservations, NGOs, and 19 different federal agencies, including the Pentagon and National Security Council, that simulated an outbreak of a severe flu virus originating in China and being spread to the United States via air travel. The results of the simulation showed that the United States was unprepared for the pandemic and that the manufacturing of medical equipment became a problem because so many of the current devices and materials were made overseas. 
They specifically mentioned that ventilators would be limited and difficult to restock, that request processes for medical supplies from the government were dysfunctional, and there was inadequate testing to see who had contracted this deadly version of the flu. Yet another simulation that was used to study how a global pandemic would affect the world in general, and the United States in particular, was called Lockstep. In 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation and Global Business Network published a white paper that laid out how governments around the planet would be able to take control of society through a massively publicized pandemic that was set to kill millions of people. The document was written in 2010 but speaks about an event in 2012 in the past tense for the purpose of their simulation. It is eerily similar to what happened during the coronavirus insanity during the spring of 2020. Quote-unquote, in 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit, unlike in 2009's H1N1, this new influenza strain originating from wild geese was extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just 7 months, the majority of them healthy young adults. <laughs> Such bullshit. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies, international mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, debilitating industry like tourism and breaking global supply chains, even locally, normally, bustling shops and office buildings set empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. This white paper was titled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development and it hoped to show how to create a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. It explained how a pandemic could be used to scare the public into accepting a police state, or more specifically, demanding one, which is what you sheeple are doing. And by the way, thank you for wearing those masks and causing everybody panic attacks for something that has never even being there and even with their bad stats has killed a minority very very tiny portion of the population so shame on all of you sheeple quote-unquote the united states initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency accelerating the spread of the virus not just within the u.s but across borders However, a few countries did fare better, China in particular. The Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near hermetic sealing off of all borders, saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of the virus far earlier than in other countries and enabling a swifter post-pandemic recovery. Woohoo! The simulation also praises the authoritarian measures taken by the Chinese government as the blueprint for how to lock down an entire nation of hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. The American government pretends to be appalled at the behavior of the Chinese government towards their own citizens, but they are secretly jealous of how much easier things would be for them 
if they could adopt some of the Chinese principles and get around the human rights organizations, the regulatory agencies, and change the American culture of demanding individual rights and liberty. Once again, the public is faced with a series of very accurate simulations that just so happen to mimic almost exactly the very same components of the official story of the coronavirus pandemic scare of 2020. Oh, quote unquote, that part, yeah. At what point does the public realize that the chances of these things playing out in the same way as the simulation time after time are a mathematical impossibility? Dark Winter, Crimson Contagion, Lockstep, and Event 201 are four events simulating pandemics, then outbreaks and attacks happen, just like they were role-played only a few months earlier. Yeah, you have to be stupid to believe in coincidence, honestly. You have to be so scared and you're in that stupid mode because of that, you know? Was Nostradamus running the simulations events? Here is the recap. What about the 40-plus drills that were happening all around America on the morning of September 11, 2001, that simulated the events that were actually unfolding at the very same time in real life? How about Peter Power announcing on two different occasions on the BBC that he and his team were running drills simulating an attack on two tube stations in London on the morning of July 7, 2005, when those exact tube stations exploded minutes before they were set to run their drill? What about the Boston Marathon bombing, running a drill simulating an explosion at the finish line of the marathon, even going so far as to announce the event in advance on the Boston Globe's Twitter account twice? Drills are used as a covert way to preposition resources into key areas without arousing suspicion from the general public. They can be used to get people into the right spot to remove onlookers that might blow the cover of the simulators, warn those in the know about what is about to happen in a particular location, and take control of an area that they plan to use for the real event. Skeptical Americans that thought that the coronavirus pandemic seemed fishy were not unhinged conspiracy theorists as the media would have the public believe, but rather astute critical thinkers armed with the knowledge of a long history of drills, simulating events that magically turn live, and the ability to distinguish between a real news event and a manufactured narrative designed to mislead the public for the purpose of changing society. And there is no doubt about this. I'm going to stop here because the next part is CDC Centers for Disease Creation. And we're going to just plunge into it and read right through. We're at 90% of the book right now, guys. So we are pushing through in spite of my constant ranting. But when I read this stuff, I'm sorry. I cannot not care. You have to understand where I come from. I am sick and tired of seeing injustice and bullshit going on. People need to wake the fuck up and stop allowing this crap to go on. And I have not known a lot of the stuff that I read in this book about all this stuff in the US because I'm not from there and I haven't traveled since 9-11 and even before. 
So I have not had a chance to see all the changes. In my mind, it was still as it was when I was 16, 17 when I went there. So it was a lifetime ago. It was like 30 fucking years ago almost. So you have to understand these guys that, you know, yeah, it was like 30 years ago. So it's a long, long time ago. I was stuck in that time when it was actually still pretty good. But yeah, I mean, my friends have told me and... You know, they've seen it coming for the past 10 years and, you know, they've stuck around anyway to allow all of you to know. So the truth is there is nowhere to hide. We have to, the world, all of us people have to stick together because together we stand and divided we fall. And they want us to divide ourselves because that's how they win all the time. The Satanists, all those assholes who are not human beings. And there are different species. So remember, if you're non-vegan, according to your rules, because there are different species, it's okay that what they're doing to us, because we are doing that to the animals. So just remember this. When you say yes to any form of violence, you say yes to all. So words only hurt you when they are said to you in an unconscious state, and they're said to you to hurt you. When words are said to help you open your eyes, whether they're harsh or not, they may hurt a little more, but sometimes it's necessary in order to awaken the people who are asleep. The important thing is that you all know one thing. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we need to start saying that all the time. That's right. It's something I was always stingy about because, guess what? We've all been trained to not say certain things because, oh, you have to be tough. You have to be, no, no, no. I love you. That's right. Keep doing it. See you in the next one.